Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people and make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is activity, not action, activity. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive and that's when you'll crush it. And I humbly offer you these tools and strategies to kick your own ass and make the changes so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm going to give you something every single time that you can do to create a change in yourself. Life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold, baby. So if you're ready, let's bold. Well, welcome, welcome. This is Joseph McClendon III. Welcome back and welcome to The Cure for the Common Life, where I bring you the best of the best of the best to help you go further, faster in your life. And today's broadcast is actually going to be a part two and, and a little bit of a rebroadcast of one that we did before, uh, but we had some challenges with the audio and I wanted to make sure that everybody was able to benefit from this and uh, it is that important. And uh, I'll start by saying this, it has been said over and over again that everybody has a book in them, their story of their life, the story of something that they know how to uh, do an expertise that they have or whatever. And at the very least, writing a book is fulfilling for one's soul, not to be too, too dramatic, uh, but it's a calling card and it's a business move and all of those things. And there's so many people, as a matter of fact, my next guest will share with you how many people uh, that are, are stepping up to the plate and at least initially wanting to get that book out. And in these days, self-publishing, it is so, so much easier than it used to be in the olden days where you had to chase down somebody and, and you know, get a book deal and all of those things that go on. Now it's so much easier. But writing a book and getting that book into the hands and the minds and the souls of those that you want to impact their lives are two different things. As a matter of fact, the ratio of people who actually get, get a book written compared to the people who actually get it out there is super, super small. And my guest, my re-guest, if you will, have been my dear friend for, if not over a quarter of a century now, Matthew Bennett is somebody that not only walks his talk, but he's also helped thousands and thousands of other people, not just make that leap to writing the book, but getting it out there and getting into the hands of other people as well. Matthew walks his talk in that he has personally sold over, wait for it, five million copies of his own book, and again, helping thousands of other people do so as well. He is sometimes known as the Simon Cowell of book publishing, but now, when we just talked about it a little earlier, as the book boss and helping people get their books out, get it out of them and into the hands of other people. He's been on numerous, numerous television shows and you name it, recently on The Doctors. And we're here to continue our conversation. Of course, we will reiterate some of the other things about how to get your book out of you and into the hands, hearts, and souls of other people as well. Matthew is one of my dearest friends, one of my dearest mentors, and quite honestly, one of the smartest people I know. Matthew Bennett, welcome again to The Cure for the Common Life. 
Oh, Joseph, I could just listen to you talk about me all day long. <laughs> so uh, seriously, it brings a tear to my eye. Well, it's all right. true, my friend. It's all Thank true. you so much for having me. And you know I feel the exact way about you. My gosh, so lucky in life when you can have somebody you can mentor and they mentor you. I mean, it's, it is a beautiful thing. Um, so thanks for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure. And thank you for coming back again. And again, as I said, this is such an important topic because, you know, whether it's business or, or whether it is, uh, you know, just getting that story out of us, so many people uh, have this, this need to do that. And you shared with us before, and, and again, some of this is going to be, we're going to reiterate some of the things that we talked about before. But Matthew, share with us how many people, how often is a new book being written and or published? Well, the numbers are staggering, as you've indicated. I mean, over 70% of people who get polled in this country say they want to write a book. And not only that they want to write it, but that they should write it. And some polls have that number at over 80%. Yeah. But here's the mind blower. Every 20 seconds, a new book is published. Wow. Every 20 seconds. And the worldwide book market is up over 120 billion now. Wow. So, I mean, it's just mind boggling. You talked about it. By far, this is the easiest time in history no to write a book. I mean, when you know, you know me when I started, and yeah. uh -huh. desktop publishing was crazy. I mean, it was just, it was so slow and so challenging. And to get one book printed, you might as well get a thousand because the cost was actually about the same. Yeah, and, it just, yeah, and yeah. I, along with that, I, you know, I remember, because that's when I started back then as well, was you had to warehouse your own books. You had to get oh, yeah. your own books, you know, all of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and ship them, store them, ship them, everything, and print them, you know, the whole thing. So, look, you know me. I think everyone should write a book, honestly. You know, you, you whether you want to leave a legacy, you want to just educate people, you have a mission, you just want, you know, what we call that business card on steroids, where you just want to show people what you do and how good you are at it. That's great. But I always quote John Grisham, you know, mega successful author. No doubt. <laughs> but what did he say? He said, it's a whole lot easier to write a book than it is to sell one. No doubt, no doubt. And, and when you look at those numbers, the average first-time author sells less than a dozen copies, and only 3% of authors ever sell over 500 copies. Wow. Crazy, right? Wow. Is, are so, those numbers, that yeah. still hold true, so holds true today? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, wow. it's worse. It's the numbers have actually trended in the wrong direction. And I'll tell you why. Because people treat their writing like a hobby, not mm -hmm. like a business. Mm -hmm. And that's fine if you just want to write for the sake of writing. If you want to make money or if you want to make a massive impact, you want to reach a giant audience, you've got to study the habits of best-selling authors. You got to learn about marketing, distribution, execution. These are the things that are going to make it work for you over the long run and get you the big results that most people want.
and push you into that. And before we slide into that, Matthew, because I want to hear some more about your, because uh, I know you have steps. You actually have things that people should look out for and something we talked about before. You're, you're one of the only people, if not the only people, that tells people what not to do as well. Um, right. Do that, though. Um, I want to spend a little bit more time on that, the reasons why people write books, because, you know, for myself, quite honestly, you know, it was, it was a business uh, venture at first, but then it was quite cathartic in itself in, in healing myself and growing myself and doing it again. What are your thoughts on that for, for people that, that, you know, obviously all of us want to write a book and we want it in the hands and hearts of other people and make some money and stuff like that. But what do you, what do you say to people's reasons why to write a book? Well, I mean, you know, it can, there can be an awful lot. The list never ends, really, of why somebody makes that choice. It's how do they back up that choice? And also, you know, you, you are, in fact, a leading authority in your field. But I think it's super important to address that idea of whether somebody has to be. And, you know, oh, do nice. you have to be nice. a world's leading authority? And I'm here to tell you really good news. You don't have to be a world's leading authority. And people will challenge me and I tell them, look, I will give anybody a 100% guarantee. And I'm going to back this up, 100% guarantee that they have a better chance than I did when I started to, to get their book out there and that they have more knowledge than I did. Because my first book, my very first project, I was single. I had no kids. I wasn't even married. And what did I do? I wrote a pregnancy guide. <laughs> and, and you know it. You yeah. know, I wrote the maternal journal and it sold over 3 million copies. So that passion, and I know the why is used an awful lot out there these days, but I've been using it for 40 years. When it's I, that why. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. It, it, when I met you, that was the thing that baffled me. I never really even considered, hey, this guy doesn't have kids. He's not married. You know what the hell he's thinking about. I, I Because behind your, and people should know this, behind your writing this book, and one of the ways that you travel the earth is that you are a big contributor, a philanthropist, and you help other people. And underneath that, that why for writing that book was actually, an, and I know we'll talk about this here in a minute, but, but helping other people through this book as well. Uh, you know, your charities and contributing to people. hundred hundred percent. I could not have succeeded with the maternal journal if I didn't have the backup of mega nonprofits. So it's a quid pro quo. It works for everybody. I've raised millions of dollars, as you know, you for go. various nonprofits over my life. And I don't mean to sound harsh, but a lot of people say they do that. I've really done it and done it in a lot of different ways. And I push for that. Doesn't have to be a part of a project, but I find it helps and it helps everyone. Everyone wins. The thing is, you know, how, you know, so how in the world could that guy write, a, you know, the guy I was, write a pregnancy guide? Well, it's simple. I had a marketing plan. I had a mega strategy, a serious, serious strategy that was going to work or not. 
but I was willing to go to my grave trying and pushing. I really was. And everybody's going to run into the obstacles. You know, you're going to, I always say, you're going to hit turbulence trying to get to cruising altitude. The wheels are going to come flying off your wagon. <laughs> but but the, the, there's an old Chinese proverb that said, you know, the person who says a thing can't be done should get out of the way of the person doing it. Very well. Put. And I just wasn't going to quit no matter what. And as a result, that brought you to some of your strategies uh, that you teach other people as well. Share with us a little bit, because I, I know you have a, a, a set of do's and don'ts, if you will, uh, to share with people to help them, at the very least, become much, 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 much more successful than they would without these things. So are you saying about my strategies or what other authors should avoid? No, 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 no. Your strategies. Your strategies. Oh, okay. Well, mine are, mine are pretty straightforward. And I, I always like to distinguish between something being simple and something being easy. Right, sure. My strategies are simple. It's, there's a lot of chopping wood and carrying water. It's actual work. If you're afraid of work, this, it's not for the faint of heart. You are going to have to really, it's not write it and they will come. It's just not how it happens. Um, so I've sold less than 150,000 books in bookstores. And that's out of, you know, over 5 million books. So people say, oh, well, obviously you sold them on the internet. There was no internet. Exactly. <laughs> We're going back, I'm going exactly. back 40 years here yeah, exactly. when I started for real. You know, that's so, really important for people to understand. That's 5 million books pre-internet and no stores. Yeah, yeah, very few. No very stores. few. Well, not no stores, but very few in stores. Very, very few. Stores. Less, less than 150,000 books in stores out of over 5 million. So what I have done is I've set up you know, a whole system. It's a whole way of doing things where you're really focusing on premium sales. You're selling a, on a... Gift with purchase, purchase with purchase, an incentive product. You're selling books to other entities who are using your books and everybody wins. I've got uh, 16 different models where companies can actually give away your book and it doesn't cost the company anything. You make money, they make money or get publicity or you know, get goodwill of giving away and raising money for charity. The charity gets, you know, uh, money, funds that they need. And then the consumer also profits because they either get the book for a deep discount or even for free. Win, so, win, win. I, yeah, yeah, totally across the board. And, and my system is not, you know, it's not overly complicated. There's, like I said, it's a lot of wash, rinse and repeat. It's a lot of building relationships, the, you know, people say, oh, that's kind of old school. No, that's everything. It is. That's yes. everything nowadays. It's, it's, that's how you set yourself apart. It's, it's doing the things that connect you and make you stand out, not just your product. Because, listen, at the end of the day, you represent your book and your book represents you. That's the way it, you are the brand. You're literally, as a small business person, that's really what we are when we're self-publishing. We're the brand. We're, we're it. So, you know, if I say Starbucks or I say Disney, 
you, you get a lot of things in your head. You, you, you have associations. You may love them. You may hate them. doesn't matter. The fact is something goes on in your mind. Well, guess what? That's what happens when people, you know, say your name in the company setting. Either they go, you know, I really like that person. Yeah, that guy or that woman, they, they were great. Yeah, and I like that, that, that idea they had, but their book was good. Or they go, yeah, I didn't like that person. You know what? Yeah, let's move on. It's that simple. It's developing relationships, and you do that on a person-to-person at some level in the beginning. Absolutely, and it never gets old, nor should it ever get old. And you are so right. I always say that that first impression or that impression will determine what they will or what they won't do themselves, but then what they will or they won't do telling somebody else about you. Oh, so couldn't that, be more, couldn't be more true. That Could so, not so be more true. Yeah, so, yeah. Matthew, share with us a little bit about uh, maybe some do's and don'ts. Because like I said before, one of the greatest things about you, and you've been this way in my life as well, is you are straightforward. Uh, um, you're, you're smart, you're straightforward, you pull no punches, and you will tell not just, okay, here's what you need to do, but here's what you, what's not working and what doesn't work and what shouldn't be done as well. Share with us some of those things. I'm real happy to. And the, and the list, I mean, you know, we, we have a half hour. We could yeah. take a half a month <laughs> yeah. easily. That's I mean, why it's, part two, it, by the way. It, yeah, and, and, and you know what? It's funny also, just as a side note, People will call me sometimes and say, oh, I really want to hire you, but I only have three questions. I say, really? You only have three questions? You must already be selling millions of books. And they say, well, what do you mean? I say, I say you think you have three questions. You have 3,000 questions. You just don't realize it yet. You know, you haven't gotten deep enough. You haven't gone deep enough. So, so the, the most obvious thing, and this is the one that is just universal practically, is procrastination yes. oh my gosh lack of focus getting caught up in the minutiae of everyday life and distractions oh gosh it is crazy and the things i hear you know uh, you know what i'll i'll get started when i you know I, but i gotta get a new computer i gotta get that new computer really do you do you you know it's i, I Gotta, I've got to have a separate workspace for my home. I, I got to do that. You know what? All of that, you know what I call it. I call it ironing your yes. underwear. <laughs> you, you know, it, you're just, you can iron your underwear, but ultimately it's a waste of time. Nobody cares about the results. You've got to attack that project with discipline and determination. You have to. Um, the next thing we've, kind of you know, touched on lightly, and that is people don't identify their target market. And, and that's what I mean. You know, who's going to buy their book? And that's what I meant by, you know, write it and they will come. They think, oh, I'm just going to write it and it's going to be great. Or, or, oh, you don't understand. I have a way to get, I can pay someone to put it in the bookstores. Well, what difference does that make? People don't wake up in the morning and just go, huh, I wonder if a guy named Matt Bennett wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I can't even go to the bookstore and browse. It, it doesn't sell books. That doesn't work. And if you write your book and then try to figure out who's going to buy it, that is like putting up a large building and then calling an architect. <laughs> it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And as a side note, please, for everybody's sake, 
unless you're really famous already or have done something spectacular, like crazy amazing, don't write a memoir. I, I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm telling it like it is. I'm telling it true. Don't write a memoir because I, famous people write memoirs. The, the mistake that a lot of writers make is they think memoirs will make them famous when actually right. it's famous people write memoirs. Mm -hmm. It's the other way around. Um, another one in this one, I get so much blowback on. I just don't get it. I get so much resistance. It's kooky. Get a professional editor. I'm no doubt, no beseeching doubt. you, beseeching you. Get a professional, not not your aunt who reads a lot, not your neighbor, who, you know, used to work at a publishing company. That's not how it works because a lot of writers that I've met somehow think their writing is flawless and it doesn't turn out that way. I've been around for decades and it's just not how it goes generally. I love your saying that you say that everybody... No, nobody thinks they, they have an ugly baby. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you've heard people say that uh, the authors look at their books like they're babies. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. perfect. It's perfect what you just said. Um, the other thing is you, you got to actually research what does sell. So not only who is going to buy your book, but what sells. And I'll tell you what doesn't, generally speaking, is incredibly long books. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. The most popular books are under 300 pages. Um, some, I mean, for, for self-help, it's even lower. And, but a lot of writers, oh my goodness, once they get going, they get so enamored with their own work that they just keep going. And I've been handed manuscripts that are 500, 700, even 900 pages long. And you know what I call a 900 page manuscript. It's a murder weapon. <laughs> Nobody should be writing a 900 page book. And I mean to a statistical significance. I don't literally mean no one, but there's very little reason for it. Spectacular. And, you know, all of these things are solid and these are the things that most people, and I, I know myself, when I first got started, I was that guy to the T, what you just said about, I had to get a new computer. I had to get a new desk. I had to get the chair. I had to get the little mat on the ground, you know? And when I finally realized that, wait a minute, all I'm doing is procrastinating and I'm afraid to sit down and do it. That's when I made the shift in myself and it makes all the difference in the world. And so Matthew, you I, you know, I know you, you help other people, you help lots of other people as well. Do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching in that? Or how do you spread your word now? How are you helping people? What are some of the projects that you have on the board for helping people? I do. I mean, I work with people on a one-on-one. -on -one. I am more particular than most consultants. And I say that based again on an awful lot of experience and having been around. Um, people have got to, you know, when someone's got their book about their psychic cat that predicts the stock market, <laughs> I, I just, I'm just not the guy for that person. I, you know, my time is precious, but unlike any other successful consultant that I know, I do something that's pretty strange. I read people's books and I know that sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm not. Most consultants 
don't read the work they're consulting on. They just work with generalities. And I do. And that's, that limits the amount of people I can take on. However, I'm trying to do more and more, uh, you know, workshops. I'm trying to do, I do have a product called Outselling Bestsellers that outlines all my basics and lays things out. So, you know, um, just shot that piece for the doctors. That was really fun and, you know, out there drumming up more uh, speaking gigs like that. That's, that's what I'm up to these days. Well, spectacular. And everybody that's listening should know. And I'd love to hear your comments back on this. You're going to get all this, uh, all the details in the, uh, in the description here. But one of the things Matthew and I are, are doing together, finally, is we're actually going to create something, uh, whether it's a certification program or something that people can learn the skills, the wisdom of Matthew and help you go from wherever you are, whether you're just starting or you're in the middle or you've written a book and it's been sitting on the shelf and you want to do something with it so that you can do something about that as well. And I'm super excited to work with you on that, Matthew. It's been a long oh, time. Oh, me too. Me too. I couldn't be more excited about it. And again, we'll leave more details about that. But if you're listening to us right now, and if this is something that interests you, leave some, leave a comment, uh, let us know, and and uh, we'll we'll put it in your hands or put it in front of you. I'll let you know when that's about to be as well. And again, super excited. And here is a man that I can personally vouch for. That I, you know, I said in the very beginning. Sometimes he's known as the Simon Cowell. That's that is, uh. Uh, here, here's what I'll say about him. As I said before, he's super, super straightforward. And <laughs> the saying that he said, it's not for the faint at heart, I'm going to tell you straight up. If you want somebody who's going to hold your hand and just tell you what you want to hear, that ain't your guy. But if you want somebody that's going to tell you what you need to know, tell you what you need to do, give you the, the uh, point you in the right direction, give you the things to do, that is my dear friend, Matthew. Matthew, thank oh, you. Man. Thank you. And Thank you so much. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. It really is. Absolutely. And how would somebody get a hold of you, learn more about you? Uh, where can they find you online or anywhere else? Um, just jump on my website, writeprintcell.com. That's right, like W-R-I-T-E. Write a book, writeprintcell.com. And, you know, I'm always interested in speaking with people, anything I can do. I want to help move people's needles forward. I want to, you know, I always tell people, look, no one can guarantee you success. Someone says they can guarantee you that success. They're trying to separate you from your wallet. It, it can't be guaranteed. But what you can guarantee is improvement. Right. And you can, you know, shooting for perfection isn't the goal. The goal is to constantly be moving closer to your goal. You achieve that goal. You you know, moving toward greater success. That's what it's all about. And one thing I'll throw in just as a side note, um, you know, some people are just afraid of selling. And I know you know this to be true. Sure. And, you know, they, they may not like it, but even afraid of. And I tell people, you don't have to sell. You really just want to educate people and share. You, you've got to believe in what you're doing and, and, you know, feel good about yourself doing it. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So extremely important to think in those terms. And that's, again, when you have, when you're born with a fear of falling, 
you are not born with a sense of marketing. And for some reason, people think they'll just write their book and it'll just sell itself or they'll just figure it out. I tell people, you don't have to follow my system or my strategies or whatever, but for heaven's sake, find somebody. Find somebody who has succeeded and model their success. Um, you know, my system just happens to be a very straightforward, simple system that, by the way, works much better with nonfiction than it does with fiction. I should mention that. I've had people sell you know, significant amounts of their fiction books through using my system, but it really is geared toward nonfiction. So well, Matthew, on that, what percentage of books that are written, self-published these days are fiction? And what, what percentage are nonfiction? Well, it's moving heavily in the not, it's trending heavily nonfiction. Mm. I mean, it really is. Uh, between cookbooks, self-help, all the different categories and so many people, the fiction, it, it's, getting to the point where the nonfiction is has pretty much caught up with the fiction. Right. So it's become much more popular. And you know, far more women buy books than men do. And in the self-help space, it's really imbalanced. It's much, much higher percentage of women buy. So, but, but the nonfiction is becoming a bigger and bigger category all the time. Right. And something we kind of brushed over a little bit, but I want to revisit just real quickly before we go. And that is the loop that uh, you started uh, with yourself in the very beginning with, with doing something that was, uh, let's just say, I, I'm going to say philanthropic, but uh, in giving to charities and so on and so forth and putting that in the loop of the actual marketing and selling of your book and that whole thing. I want to share something uh, with everybody that Matthew definitely had a huge, huge, effect on my stepping up and doing more than I already did. See, I was, I was raised with a family, with parents who that was a huge part of our lives. My mom was one of those people that was always out there doing the basket brigade on Thanksgiving, you know, long before it was trendy. This is back in the olden days. And, um, you know, she had us going door to door, collecting money for St. Jude's Children's Hospital, things like that. And so I've always, that's always been a part of my life. It, it never has not. And when I met Matthew and I learned, um, and that was, again, that was the thing that stuck out for me the most. It overshadowed, as a matter of fact, I don't even think I thought about it, Matthew, that you weren't a dad and, and weren't married and writing a book about pregnancy. Uh, I saw that side of it first. And as a result of your influence, my entire career in what I do, there's always a side of it. Most recently, uh, I did an event, uh, an online event, a virtual event, where we tied to it, we fed 65,000 people. 65,000 wow. people, yeah. And I, I want to say that that is a direct result of your influence that you've had on me. And I've done lots of other stuff, things in between there. But to know that this is part of your process, your, your, your marketing process is, is huge. And I'm saying to everybody else, is, uh, so that's one thing. The other thing I wanted to say, and um, I, I spoke earlier about a project that Matthew and I are doing together. Matthew, you said that 
uh, you, you have to get over the procrastination. You have to get over that fear of sales. You have to learn how it is you're selling. And that is something that is embedded in all in everybody. I always say that fear of failure and fear of rejection are the two most powerful deterrents for people uh, doing what they need. And one of the things that we will be doing together is helping people. Obviously, the mechanics of doing that is one thing, but what if you already are afraid? What if you already do procrastinate? And I call that the software, the encoding process part of it as well. So together, we're going to bring something to you that is going to help you in all aspects, the inner and the outer you of book writing. So I'm so I love, love, love it. And that is what I always tell people is that you are such a master. You are just, oh my gosh, it makes such a big difference when you can change somebody's overall view of themselves. And you can shift their philosophy and you can make them realize that what they do isn't who they are. And I find that happens. And again, to have a way to shift that and to not mix up your character with your behavior. Because behavior can be changed. It can be. It's just letting go of the ego and saying, hey, you know what? That's not who I am. That's just what I do. I can do this better. And you break old habits and you find whole new worlds. Well, I'm super, super excited for it. And also, Matthew, I could and have talked to you all day long, but it is time for us to roll on. (laughs) (laughs) And so, again, I want to thank you. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, again, you've been a dear friend and your mentor for so long. And um, everybody else, please stay tuned. And one of the things I, I want to leave everybody with these two things. Number one, pass it on. And what I mean by that is whether you're writing a book or whether you're you know, doing something on or, or online or whatever, pass on your kindness, pass on your goodness, pass on your wisdom to other people as well, because together that's how we make this world a better place. And then lastly, life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold. Please like, subscribe and share. And we will see you at the top. Matthew, thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of The Cure for the Common Life podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or any topic ideas you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at josephmcclendon.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the top.